Hello and welcome to PCI Reloaded. This is the show for entrepreneurs who want to become more powerful, creative, and influential in life and business through the study and application of NLP, hypnosis, and related disciplines. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about mental meta programs, which describe the meta level styles of inputting, outputting, and processing of information. Let's dive in. Real quick, um, just if you guys have no idea on what a meta program is, this is the definition. A meta program is the programs in our minds that operate at a level meta to our content thinking and it refers to the sorting devices that we use in perceiving paying attention to information and inputting and processing the stimuli around us so i mean there's a lot that's packed into that one sentence but this kind of lays the groundwork for what we're going to be going over so essentially we use meta programs to help us with figuring out people and pretty much we try to figure out people on a day-to-day basis as it is even without knowing what the meta programs are now whether we're trying to figure out what people's motives are trying to second guess their intentions or maybe even just psychoanalyzing without a license with whom we live with we're trying we're constantly trying to figure out people and there's also a great quote by a guy named richard simmons that says that people are not are not nouns but processes so that um begs a couple of questions first off how does a person think in a mode or how does a person talk act behave and relate and lastly what patterns and processes describes this person's style of for sorting or paying attention to information now we can figure out all of this information just through understanding the types of meta programs that person has running so um if you have watched my previous video on one in nlp then you're probably familiar with this picture already but we're going to go over it real quick this is the nlp communication model so everything starts off first off with an external event that happens so it could be anything that happens outside in the world it starts off it's just an external event it's something that happens outside of us and from that external event we have filters that we use that delete distort and generalize whatever happened from this external event and one of the filters that we use to delete distort and generalize is the burner programs along with values beliefs attitudes decisions memories all that good stuff but for t- for the purpose of this video series we're just going to be focusing on strictly the meta programs and then once we go through these filters it finally goes into our internal representation which affects our state and physiology um, and affects us also at an unconscious and conscious level and based on how it interacts between our internal representation our states and our physiology that's what goes and creates our behavior so meta programs plays a very key role in how we perceive and how we interact with the world so um, there's a couple of benefits of really just understanding what the meta programs are about and how to go about using them. First off, it's going to help you with appreciating other people's differences. Um, once you can understand that um, everybody kind of processes information a little bit differently than you, then you're going to um, have a deeper appreciation for how other people communicate and try to be a little bit more understanding of them. It's going to help you with being a lot more flexible in communication because once you understand the type of meta programs that somebody's running, you'll be able to alter your communication accordingly. It also will give you increased prediction accuracy as well as just an increased sense of empowerment because you're going to be armed with information that a lot of people don't know or just haven't even heard of so this is really going to put you in a very powerful state and hopefully that you use this information for good use it to be able to improve your communication and be able to connect with people on a much deeper way so the first types of meta programs we're going to be talking about is called the mental meta programs. So the mental meta programs are the meta programs that are involved in our thinking, sorting, and perceiving. And essentially, they describe how our attention function in terms of how it attends and processes information cognitively and what it attends. 
So the first motor program we're going to be going over is called the chunk size. So just the overall concept of a chunk size, everyone has a personal preference in regards to the size of the chunk of information when thinking, communicating, learning, etc. So there's a couple of different types of chunk sizes that you could fall under. So inductive thinkers are people that start with specific details and move upwards to draw general conclusions. So um, a perfect example of an inductive thinker would be like a scientist. A scientist goes and they gather evidence and then based on the pieces of evidence that they gather, they're able to generalize um, much um, higher principles and draw general conclusions based on their findings. A deductive thinker um, starts at the opposite end, where they'll start with general concepts and they'll move down with the more specific details. Um, a perfect example of a deductive thinker would be like a philosopher. These are the type of people where they'll start general and they kind of like drill down to um, the specific. And then you have abductive thinkers, which are pretty much people that reason on the side, and these are the type of people that use metaphors and analogies and constantly comparing things to other things to, in order to make sense of things. So as a way to elicit this type of meta program, you can ask someone when you pick up a book, what do you pay attention first? The big picture, the book cover, or specific details about this, about its value? Another question you can ask is if we decide to work together on a project, would you first want to know what we generally will do or would you prefer to hear a lot of specific details? And another good question to list as someone's chunk size is what do you want first when you hear something new, the big picture or the details? So next we're going to be talking about relationship source. And the relationship source are one of the two basic ways that we mentally work with and compare data when we first confront new information. So there's a couple of ways you can um you can you can fall there's a couple of categories that you can fall under. First off, there's sorting for sameness, which is where people who look for how things compare to a previous experience, sameness for exception, people who look for similarities first, then differences, mismatching, people who just look for differences, mismatching with exception, people who look for differences first and then similarities, and then you have those people that sort for sameness and mismatching equally. Now, as a way to elicit this matter program, you can ask someone, what relationship do you first see between what you do now and what you did last year? Or what do you pay attention to first when you first walk into a room? Or how do you run your brain when you attempt to understand something new? Do you look for similarities or you check out the differences? Or in some cases, they might equally do both. Now, representational system source. Now, this refers to the representing sensory data that we receive from our external senses. Now, Bandler and Grindler, who are the two founders of NLP, noted that people tend to develop a highly favored representational system and use this for most of their thinking. So, what are these representation systems? Well, you have your visual you have your visual representers. These are people that are usually set up erect. They move their eyes upwards when visualizing. They breathe a bit high in the chest. They move quick. They use visual predicates such as seeing this. Can you imagine that? I think I have a clear picture. And they tend to look directly at people. Then you got the auditory representers. These are people that tend to have the gift of gab. They demonstrate a sensitivity to volumes and tones and use a lot of auditory predicates such as, oh, I hear what you're saying. I got you loud and clear. It's soft. It clears the bell. That sounds about right. And they tend to move their eyes side to side when accessing information. 
then you got your kinesthetic representatives. These are people that move their eyes downward when accessing and using kinesthetic predicates. They say, oh, hey, I feel what you're saying. They're, they use words like touch, grab, warm, hot. They tend to breathe very deeply. And these people tend to move a bit slower compared to other people. And they use like a lot of gestures. Then you got your auditory digital representatives. These people often have very little awareness of pictures, sound, and sensations. And they tend to live in a world of worlds. They love lists, criteria, rules, etc. So if you were to elicit the representational system source from someone, you would ask them, when you think about something or learn something new, which channel do you prefer? Or which channel do you use most commonly? And this can refer to either the visual, the auditory, the kinesthetic, etc. So next we have information gathering style. Now, pretty much the overall concept is when processing data, we can either focus on the internal world of our subjectivity or focus on the external world. So uptime is refers to people that have full sensory awareness of their environment. When listening, they process data by attending descriptively to the other person's responses. A downtime type of person is people that go inside of themselves and their internal awareness and have their own sounds, images, sensations, and they believe those internal sensations provide the most compelling data, data and they tend to become blind and deaf to the external world. So a way to elicit someone's information gathering style, you can ask them, when you listen to a speech or conversation, do you tend to hear the sensory based information or do you go inside and listen for what the speakers mean? Or you can ask them, do you want to hear proof and evidence from the outside or do you take more interest in your internal thoughts about it? Next we have the epistemology sort. And essentially there are two key ways that we can gather information from things and that's by either using one's senses or by intuiting, by following your intuition in other words. So you got um, pretty much two types of people here. You got the sensors, you got the people that use the senses primarily for gathering information. These people tend to prefer dealing with concrete and actual information and they function primarily as pragmatists and empiricists. Then you got your intuitors. Your intuitors are people that gather information through non-sensory means. They tend to approach things abstractly and holistically, and they look for relationships, possibilities, and appraise the largest significance of things. So a way to elicit someone's epistemology, you can ask them if you begin to if you begin to study a subject, would you take more interest in facts and their applications for the now, or would you find more interest in the ideas and relationships between the facts and their application for the future? Okay, next we got perceptual category sort. Now, some minds operate more skillfully in discerning broad categories, while other minds are more precise with determining the gray areas or the in-between polar areas. So, you got the black and white type of people where they allow people to make clear and definite distinctions, and this often motivates someone to make a quick decision and adopt a more judgment perspective. And then you got the continuum type of people, which pretty much allows them to think at much finer levels, make fewer judgments, and they tend to be a little bit more indecisive. So a way to elicit this is to ask someone, when you think about things or make decisions, do you tend to operate in black and white categories, or does your mind go to the steps and stages in between? Next we have attribution style. Now we can either look at the problems, dangers, or challenges of a situation, or the opportunities, possibilities, or excitement, which in turn create either a worst case scenario or a best case scenario respectively. So for attribution style, you got the pessimists. The pessimists are the people who see problems and difficulties 
agencies first. They tend to thrive in fields like quality control analysis, troubleshooting problems, and proofreading. They always tend to be looking for what's wrong. And that necessarily and that, that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just how some people's minds are programs. And then you have the optimists, which these are the type of people who move through life with golden perspectives of dreams and visions. They can catch a vision and they can keep people motivated for the long term. So neither one of these things are necessarily good and bad. It's just a way of looking at things. So for elicitation, you can ask someone, when you look at a problem, do you tend first to consider the worst case scenario or the best? Does your mind go to problems and difficulties or opportunities and positive challenges? Next, we get the perceptual durability sort. Now, this meta program addresses the quality of our mental constructs in terms of permeability or impermeability. So what do I mean by that? So you get the impermeable construct people. These are the people that typically move through life with ungiving beliefs and belief systems. I mean, once they have a belief, it's pretty much set in stone. Well, with permeable construct people, these are the people that are able to create mental constructs that are capable of being revised and extended in the light of new experiences. Now, as a way to elicit the perceptual durability source, now you could ask someone as you begin to think about some of your mental constructs, your ideas of success and failure, of love and forgiveness, of relationships and works, of your personal qualities. Do you find the representations of what you know as permanent or unstable? And how can you tell? Next, we have the focus sort. The focus sort refers to how much of the environment a, personally, a person characteristically screens out. So there's two types of people. You got your non-screeners and your screeners. Your non-screeners are people who see, hear, smell, and otherwise sense a great deal of what goes on around them. They often experience places that are complex and they become overloaded with triggers for self-distraction. Next, you got your screeners. Your screeners are the people who move through the environment in a focused way that screening out less relevant elements. So as a way to elicit this, you can ask someone, when you think about the kind of places where you can study or read, can you do this everywhere? Or do you find that some places seem too noisy or have too much of other stimuli that prevent concentration? You can ask them another question. Describe your favorite environment for concentrating on something. Or how distractible do you find yourself generally in life? Whether it's reading, playing, talking, thinking to yourself, etc. Next, we had the philosophical direction. Now, our human minds in terms of philosophical direction alternate between why did this or that happen or what does this or that mean in terms of origin or source. So you get your why people. Your why people are the people that value understanding the origin or source of something. They tend to get stuck in the past or they're highly susceptible to sabotage cycles. The how people are people that sort for the usefulness or purpose of things. They tend to be solution focused rather than problem focused. So as a way to elicit this, you can ask someone, when you think about a subject, whether a problem or not, do you first think about causation, source and origins, the why, or do you think about use, function, direction or destiny? In other words, the how. Next, we get the reality structure sort. Now, this is how our minds think differently about the territory of reality, whether it's in terms of something static, permanent, solid, eternal, etc. Or is it something changes? Is it processes and movement? This determines the kind of map that we use in navigating life.
So for the reality structure, you get the Aristotelian and the non-Aristotelian. The Aristotelian or people who think of reality as static, they tend to view, they tend to view life from a macroscopic or microscopic perspective, and they live in a world filled with things, objects, people, etc. Now, non-Aristotelian type of person or people who think in reality in terms of processes, they tend to view life from a sub-microscopic level, which enables them to have an appreciation for the quantum levels. They also use a lot of verbs, functional language, and behavioral descriptions. So as a way to listen to someone's reality structure, you can ask them, when you think about reality, do you think, do you tend to think about it as something permanent and solid, made up of things, or do you think of it as a dance of electrons, is a fluid, ever-changing, made up of processes, very non-Aristotelian. Next we have the communication channel preference. Now the way we receive information from our environment comes from two primary channels, verbal and non-verbal. Now, both of these channels can provide a multitude of messages and data, but some people usually tend to favor one channel over the other. So as a way to identify, you can either be a verbal type of person, these are people that focus primarily on what other people say, the languages, the terms, the phrases. These are people who use auditory digital representation. People actually who use auditory digital representation most often tend to be verbal type of people. Then you got the nonverbal types. These are the people that focus primarily on how other people talk such as the tone, the tempo, the breathing, the volume, the pitch, etc. Now these people tend to distrust the verbal channel and they tend to be more of an intuitive type of person. Then you got the balance types which are people that just use both channels equally. So as a way to elicit this, you can ask someone, when you think about communicating with somebody, what do you tend to give more importance to? What they say or how they say it? Or when you communicate, do you pay more attention to the words and phrases that you use or to your tone, tempo, your volume, your eye contact, etc. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to dive deeper into NLP, then I recommend checking out our NLP mind map. It breaks down all the different topics and subtopics within NLP and it's a really useful reference to have. So to get access to that mind map, all you have to do is go to PCIAlpha.com com forward slash mind map and you can download it for free all you have to do is enter your email and it'll get sent to your inbox within a few minutes or so thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on pci reloaded bye for now